scripture. If you were to withstand the witcher, never I'll be gone a bunch. We ain't going nowhere. We standing on the word of scripture. If you were to withstand the witcher, because of his grace and love, we ain't going nowhere.
Hey, <laughs> it's Randy here with Made Free Church and uh, Tactical Discipleship and Serving for Christ. I hope you guys are having a great morning. I know I am. Um, every every morning with Jesus is a good day. Um, that song was by Wrath and Grace. It's called Reformed Thug Life. I love Mario uh, uh, Isio, man. He, he's, he's such a such a, a good dude and, and stuff. So anyway, so, uh, you know, uh, I, I took a, a few days off, man, because I needed to get, you know, my head on right and needed to deal with some issues and stuff like that. And it seems like uh, that that has taken place. And so what I'm going to be doing now is I'm only going to be going on three times a week instead of every morning. Um, so, you know, guys, just kind of bear with me as I go through this time of change and stuff like that. And just want to get with the Lord, man. You know, it's so important that that happens. And uh, so I just want to be there. So we're going to continue our study in Romans. And the, 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 the title of this is God is Good. You know, we're going to be in Romans 3, verses 1 through 24. And I uh, hope you guys are enjoying this series. I know I am. Uh, I'd like to keep everything in context. I'm not really given my own interpretation. But, you know, keep it, you know, scripture in context to where it's there, right? So it's this morning, um, you know, I know that there's, there's you know, uh, verses 1 through 24. So if you can open up your word into that, that would be completely awesome. And let's get into prayer. Heavenly Father, we just thank you for your word. We thank you for this time. We thank you that we get to be here in the morning and start our day off with you. It's so amazing, Lord. Just create, you know, just like, like King David said, create a, a new heart and create a new spirit within us, Lord, and, and let us be more like you and the things of you. And, and, uh, let's just, um, get everything into love and compassion, Lord, and, and reality. Let's get out, you know, the, the d- division that's in the church today, Lord, with, oh, your post mill, your on mill or your pre mill. It doesn't matter. Those are not essentials. So the essential is the gospel, your gospel. God, we love you. We worship you and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen, amen. A couple of announcements before we get started, guys. If you guys need prayer, uh, we are a praying church. And you can go to madefreechurch.org and we have a prayer request tab where you'll be able to uh, put in your prayer request. Now, if you do live in the United States, um, you can go ahead and leave your phone number in there. One of our, our pastors myself or one of the intercessory prayer team will give you a call and pray with you. But we can only call within the inside the United States. So if you guys are in Canada, uh, Mexico, across the big pond in Europe and England and Uganda and Africa, we're not going to be able to call you. But leave your prayer request there so we can, um, you know, so we could pray over you and pray with you. You know, those, those things are important. Um, guys, and, and, and I use only a few translations in all my studies. I use the LSB, which is the Legacy Standard Bible, the ESV and the NSAB, the New King James and the King James. Now you're asking me, what is the Legacy Standard Bible? It's a new Bible that came out by the Lockman Foundation. These are the same guys, same translators that translated the NSAB, uh, 90, 1995 and the 2020 version. Um, so these guys, I, I really trust these Bibles. So this is what I go through. There's a little bit of a delay in the, in, in this. I don't know why, but there is. So excuse me, um, for that. So let's get into this study. Open up your words to Romans. We're going to be in chapter three, verses one through 24. And it says this, 
then what advantage has the Jew or what is the value of circumcision? Uh, great in every respect. First of all, that they were entrusted with the oracles of God. What then? If some did not believe, does their unbelief abolish the faithfulness of God? May it never be. Rather, let God be true and every man a liar, as it is written, that you may be justified in your words and you overcome when you are judged. But if our unrighteousness demonstrates the righteousness of God, what shall we say? Is the God who inflicts wrath unrighteous? I'm speaking in human terms. May it never be. Otherwise, how will God judge the world? But if through my lie, but through my lie, the truth of God abound to his glory, why am I also still being judged as a sinner? And why not say, as we are slanderous reported, and as some claim that we say, let us do evil that good may come. Their condemnation is just. That What then? Are we better? Not at all. For we have already changed both Jews and Greeks are all under sin. As it is written, there is none righteous, no not one. There is none who understands. There is none who seeks for God. All have turned aside together and have become worthless. There is none who does good. There is not even one. Their throat is an open tomb with their tongues may keep, uh, they keep deceiving. The poison of the asp are under their lips, whose mouth is full of cursing and bitterness. Their feet are swift to shed blood. Destruction and misery are in their paths. And the path of peace they have not known. There is no fear of God before their eyes. Now we know whatever the law says, it speaks to those who are in the law so that every mouth may be shut and all the world may become accountable to God. Because by works of the law, no flesh will be justified in his sight. Through the law comes the knowledge of sin. But now, apart from the law, the righteousness of God has been manifested, being witnessed by the law and the prophets, even the righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ for all those who believe. For those, for there is no distinction, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, being justified as a gift by his grace through the redemption which is in Christ Jesus. So, yeah. Have a good day, brother. You too. <laughs> so, um, sorry about that. That was my roommate. He was getting some stuff for work. I thought he'd already grab it. So, you know, um, this morning's scripture is like the closing argument in a trial where all, kind, all of mankind is found guilty before God. The trial being in chapter one, where Paul made his case against an ungodly Gentile people of the world. And Paul went into great detail about the foolishness and wickedness that comes from rejecting the true God. For example, in Romans 1, 21 through 22, it says, because 
although they knew God, they did not glorify him as God, nor were thankful, but became futile in their thoughts and in their foolish hearts were darkened. Professing to be wise, they became fools. And in Romans 1, 29-32, Paul said to those ungodly people were being fulfilled with all unrighteousness, sexual immorality, wickedness, covetousness, maliciousness, full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, evil-mindedness, uh, their whispers, backbiters, haters of God, violent, proud, boasters, inventors of evil things, disobedient to parents, undiscerning, untrustworthy, unloving, unforgiving, unmerciful, knowing who knowing that the righteous judgment of God, that those who practice such things are worthy of death, not only to do the same, but to approve those who practice them. That's that's deep, guys. You got to understand that that's deep. And, and in chapter two, Paul turned his attention from the ungodly Gentiles to the righteous people, and he firstly addressed the Jews. William Barclay, uh, in his commentary, explained in chapter one that Paul painted a terrible, grim picture of uh, idol-worshipping um, uh, worshiping people of the Roman Empire. Those people were under the condemnation of God. And the Jews thoroughly agreed with every word of that condemnation, right? But they never dreamed that they were under the same condemnation. But then, then, then forcefully, uh, Paul forcefully pointed out that the Jews were just as much as sinners as the Gentiles. Right, that when the Jews condemned the Gentiles, they were also condemning themselves. And we got to realize that Paul's warning is just for the Jews who were trying to keep God's laws. And, and his warning is also for anyone who tries to live a moral life. Paul wanted us to know that everyone from the best to the worst stands guilty before God. And, and we're all guilty of sin. You know, God is only God is the is, is truly good, and and He wants us to know it, right? But God wants us to see His goodness because only there we can find forgiveness. All people that that all people desperately need. Keep looking for God's goodness this morning, guys. God is good. It's the it's it's one of the first prayers that we learn as children. God is great. God is good. Psalms 34, 8 also urges us to taste and see the Lord is good. Blessed is a man who trusts in him. In Psalms 100, 100 verses 4 and 5, it says, Enter to the gates of his thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Be thankful to him and bless his name. For the Lord is good. His mercy is everlasting and his truth endures to all generations. Then James 1.3 tells us that God can even be tempted by evil. His perfect, he is perfect for all time. And since Jesus Christ is, the, is God the Son, he never sinned a single time. Imagine never sinning uh, in, in, in thought or word or in deed. You know, what do you think must have been the thought Oh, uh, it, 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 it must have been hard growing up in the, in, in the same home as Jesus, right? 
you know, there are, there are good things about it, but, but the spiritual atmosphere uh, could have ever had. But the best big brother of all, right? You know, Jesus, the best big brother of all. But it also must have been tough sometimes to grow up in the shadow of the only perfect man who ever lived. I can imagine Jesus' little brothers and sisters saying he's a goody two-shoes, never does anything wrong, right? But, but thank God for his goodness because it means that we can trust him to do the right things. This world is running over with leaders who will lie, cheat, and steal at the drop of a hat. But God will never will. We can, we can always trust him to do the right thing because he's good. Right? See, in verses 1 and 2, Paul tells us about the, the great blessing of the Jew. And, and, and it started out, uh, started out with a question. And it says, what advantage then has the Jew or what its profit is circumcision? The original word advantage there is talking about the things that are super abundant. Right? Paul begins to answer this question by saying Jew, that the Jews were blessed in, in, in much in every way. Think about how the Lord appeared to Abraham and many more in the Old Testament. Think of how he set his people free from slavery in Egypt, right? He, he miraculously watched over them in the wilderness and he led them to the promised land and showered them with abundant blessings, right? What advantage has then has the Jews or what is the prophet of circumcision much in every way. Paul said, and then in verse two, Paul went on to say, chiefly because to them were committed the oracles of God. Now the word oracle simply means words, right? And in and, and all of the things Paul could have ever listed, he said the number one advantage for the Jews was the word of God. That makes sense because the Bible gives us many wonderful testimonies of God at work to bless, help, or rescue his people. I think of Noah in the ark, right? The Lord parting the Red Sea um, to save his people. David killing uh, uh, a nine-foot-tall giant. Daniel in the lion's den, and there's many, many more. But the Bible also gives us the commandments and principles to help us live the best possible life. King David gave his great praise for God's words in Psalm 19, 9 through 7, it says this, the law, of, the law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. The status of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. The judgments of the Lord are true and righteous together. More to be desired are they than gold. Yeah, than much, uh, much fine gold. Sweeter also than honey and the honeycomb. Moreover, by them your servant is warned, and keeping them there is a great reward. See, the Bible gives us many, uh, many wonderful uh, promises from God. And one of my favorites is Proverbs 3, 5 through 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean on your, not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he shall direct your paths. I have that hanging above over my bed in my room. And I look at that every day and it reminds me that to continue to keep my full trust in the Lord. 
And God's word gives us amazing prophecy. Many of them, you know, have already been fulfilled by the Lord Jesus Christ. Several sources list that over 350 Old Testament prophecy that Jesus fulfilled when he was on this earth. That's an abundance of prophecies fulfilled, guys. You got to understand that. Right? <clears throat> so here's, here's a few examples. About 725 years before Jesus was born, in Micah 5.2 prophesied that the Messiah would be born in Bethlehem. And it says this, but you, Bethlehem, um, I can't, it's, it's Ephratatha, though you are little among the thousands of Judahs, but yet out of you shall come forth to me the one to be the ruler of Israel, whose goings forth have been from old, from everlasting. See, the prophecy was fulfilled in the wonderful Christmas story in, uh, from Luke 2. A thousand years before Jesus was born, God prophesied through King David about how the Messiah would die in Psalms twenty two sixteen, quotes the future Savior saying, the assembly of the wicked has enclosed me. Uh, they pierced my hands and my feet. See, that was a, a crystal clear prophecy of the cross. And, and as far as we know, death on the cross didn't even exist when King David wrote those words. The first recorded crucifixions in history didn't happen until 500 years later in the Persian Empire. But God knew about the cross from all uh, from eternity past, and He revealed it to He revealed it to us in His Word. But see, the Bible also gives us remarkably helpful prayers. For example, David teaches us how to pray when we have disobeyed God. Here's a part of his prayer in Psalms 25, four through seven: "Show me your ways, O Lord; teach me your path." Lead me into your truth and teach me, for you are the God of my salvation. On you I will wait all day. Remember, O oh Lord, your tender mercies and your loving kindness, for they have been from the old. Do not remember the sins of my youth nor my transgressions. According to your mercy, remember me for your goodness sake, O oh Lord. And David also teaches us how to pray when, when we're delighted with God from Psalms 63 verses one through five. Oh God, oh God, you are my God. And it says this, all right, early I will seek you. My soul thirsts for you. My flesh longs for you in the dry and thirsty land where there is no water. So I have looked for you in this sanctuary to see your power and, and, and your glory because your loving kindness is better than life. My lips shall, pray, shall praise you. Thus, I will bless you while I live. I will lift up my hands in your name. My soul will be satisfied as with marrow and fatness. My mouth shall praise you with joy, joyful lips. See, that the, the Bible is full of prayers, prophecy, and promises, right? Um, godly principles for, and, and, and godly principles for, for, for living. No wonder why Paul said that all these things that the Jews received from God is the greatest blessing was receiving God's word. And no matter what other blessings that we might have in life, the greatest blessing of all to, is to have the Bible. 
because it is our it, it, it is the soul saving life changing eternal word of God and God is good guys and and we know this because he has blessed us with the Holy Bible. We also know it because he judges people and with perfect justice. See, in verses three through eight, God gives us a glimpse of his of of his holy just, uh, justice. And these verses lay out the giant contrast between a sinful man and our most holy God. In verse three and the beginning of verse four, it's the contrast between the lack of faith and God's absolute faithfulness. For and it says this: For what did some did not believe, will their unbelief make the faithfulness of God without effect? Certainly not. And then in verse four, it's contrast between our dishonesty and God's absolute truthfulness. Indeed, let God be true and every man a liar, for it is written that you may be justified in your words, may overcome when you are judged. And next in verses five through eight, it's the contrast between our unrighteousness and God's total righteousness. And it says this, but if your righteousness demonstrates, if your unrighteousness demonstrates the righteousness of God, what shall we say? Is God unjust and who afflicts wrath? I speak as a man, certainly not. For then how will God judge the world? For if the truth of God has increased through my lie to his glory, why am I also still judged as a sinner? Why not say, let us do evil that good may come, as we slanderously reported and some affirm that we say there is no, con there is condemnation, their condemnation is just. See, what Paul is saying is that as good as God appears, he looks even better compared to our evil ways. But, but notice that this doesn't let us off the hook, not for, not for even a second. God must and will judge the world with the standard of his absolute perfection. And his standard is the only one that counts. Baseball fan and author George Will once wrote that baseball umpires are professional, professional uh, dispensers of pure justice. Um, an empire named Bill Pinelli once called out the great Babe Ruth on, uh, out on strikes. And Ruth thought it was a bad call and so did the crowd. And they roared in their disapproval with the ump. And then the legendary Ruth sneered at the ump and said, there's 40,000 people here who know the last piss was a ball, tomato head. The umpire, thinking the umpire would erupt with anger and the coaches and players waited for Babe Ruth's uh, injection. But instead, the cool-headed umpire said, maybe so, babe, but mine is the only opinion that counts. Well, when it comes to judgment day, God's opinion is the only one that counts because that's because he is the only one who is qualified to be the perfect judge. We also, and God is good, you know, he, he, guys, he is good. And, and, and he knows this because he judges people with perfect justice. We also know this because God exposes our evil. Again, Jesus Christ is the only sinless person who ever lived. And in verse 9 through 20, God, uh, God's word compels us to see that the rest of us are, are all sinners. Anyone 
else was born with the deadly spiritual disease. Everybody was born with the spiritual, deadly spiritual disease called sin. In order to prove this beyond a shadow of a doubt, Paul compiled verses from several places in the Old Testament. Psalms 14, Psalms 53, and Isaiah 59. Starting in, in verse 9, Paul says, What then? Are we better than they? Not at all. We, for we have previously charged both Jews and Greeks that they are all under sin. As it is written, there is none righteous, no, not one. There is none who understands. There is none who seeks after God. They have all gone out of the way. They together become unprofitable and there is no one who does good. No, not one. Their throat is an open tomb. With their tongues, they have perfect deceit. The poison of asp is in their lips, whose mouth is full of cursing and bitterness. Their feet are swift to shed blood. Destruction and misery are in their ways. And the way of peace they have not known. There is no fear of God, both in their eyes. Now we know whatever the law says, it says to those under the law that every mouth may be stopped and all the world may become guilty before God. Therefore, by the deeds of the law, no flesh will be justified in his sight, but for by the law is the knowledge of sin. So that's, that's a disturbing pictures of the depths of sin. You know, and, and here in the Bible gives us another strong contrast, the righteousness of God against the rottenness of sin. Now, it's usually easier to see the sinfulness in others, and it's hard thing to see it in ourselves. It's easy to see in other people, especially when we live in a time of rampant sin. Today's outlandish sins are supported, subsidized, and celebrated by our government and most of all the elite people of this world. And this is, this is a tragic decline that has happened many times before. And that's why in Psalms 12, King David cried out to God and said, I'm going to go from verse 1 through 8, and it says, Help, help Lord. For the godly man ceases, for the faithful disappears among the sons of men. They speak idly, everyone with his neighbor, with flat, with flattering lips, and, and double-hearted they speak. And may the Lord cut off all flattering lips and the tongue that speaks proud things. Who have said, with our tongue we will prevail. Our lips are our own. Who is the who lords over us for the oppression of the poor for the 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 sighting the sighing of the needy now i will rise says the lord i will set him in safety for which he yearns the words of the lord are pure words like silver tried in a furnace of the earth purified seven times you shall keep them O lord you shall preserve them from, the, from this generation forever. The wicked prowl on every side and the vileness exalted among the sons of men. See, that, that's where we're living today, right? So it, it's easy to see the sins of other people, but God's word is clear. The biggest problem that we have with evil is the evil that our lives are in our own hearts, that lives in our own hearts. 
That's why Paul points, point, uh, Paul makes this point in verses uh, 9 through 11. What then? Are we better than they? Not at all. For we have previously charged both Jew and Gentiles that all are under sin. As it is written, none is righteous, no, not one. There is none who understands. There is none who seeks after God. They are all, they have all gone out of the way. They have together become unprofitable. There is none who does good. No, not one. And next in verse 19, uh, Paul said, now we know that whatever the law says, it says to those who are under the law that every mouth may be stopped and all the world may become guilty before God. And in verse 23, Paul said, all have, all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. See, my biggest problem is sin. And in Romans seven eighteen, Paul said, I know that in me, that is in my flesh, dwells no good thing. And again, in verse 10, it says, there is none righteous, no, not one. So the great Christian author, author Alexander Shwashkin, once said that it would be different if there were evil people somewhere insidiously committing evil deeds and it would be necessary only to separate them from the rest of us and destroy them. But the line dividing good and evil cuts through the heart of every human being. All of us have terrible problem with sin. We are helpless to fix it on our own. And, and, and if we... And if, and if it were left up to our own goodness, we would never make it to heaven. But God exposes our evil to help us see our desperate need for Jesus Christ. And God is good. We know this because he exposes evil. And guys, if you don't, if you don't understand that and you don't see that in your own life, that's scary. Because when you, when you first become a Christian and it's all about, you know, the regeneration, confession, and then transformation of your life, you know, I know guys that are out there, they're struggling with a lot of different things, right? But one of the biggest things that they're struggling with is their walk because they're not giving up the things that God is commanding. And I, I think, I think being obedient to his word and not being judgmental, not be critical, not be that, not be this is, is a very, very good thing, but we must judge by the fruit, right? So, you know, God is good because he exposes our evil, right? And we know this, we, we know it because he gives us his grace. Now, thank God for his amazing grace. And Lord willing, we'll talk much more about that in, 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 the, you know, in the next few days. But I want to be clear uh, to close this morning and getting to the grace of God. And as we see that in verses 21 through 24, and it says, But now the righteousness of God apart from the law is revealed, being witnessed by the law and the prophets, even the righteousness of God, which through faith in Jesus Christ to all and on all who believe, for there is no difference. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, being justified freely by his grace through the redemption that is in Jesus Christ. See, there is good news. In verse 22, by faith in Jesus Christ, we can have the righteousness of God. 
And, and guys, notice in verse 24 that we are justified freely by his grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, right? And, 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 and that is talking about the cross and Jesus paid it all. Jesus took all of the pain and punishment for our sins and he died on the cross for all of us. And now our risen Savior will give grace to anyone who will receive it. But what is God's grace? <laughs> God's, it's God's unmerited favor. Grace is, is getting good things from God that we could never and should never deserve. Grace is an acronym. It's God's riches at Christ's expense. Lawana Morris once said, grace is the source of power. When problems are perplexing, grace is the source of tenacity when trials trip us up. And grace is the, the fortiture of our faith when we are frustrated. God's grace is not dependent on our actions. The Lord doesn't give it because we are obedient or because we give or because we went to church. The grace of God is given to us because he loves us and he is God of another chance. He is the great, his grace is the result of his outpouring love for us and his grace permits us to be in the presence of God. You know, that's why Brian Hill once said, when, when we get to heaven, there will be no contest to see who was the most deserving of God's grace because no one deserves it, right? And, uh, 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 yeah, so, you know, there will only be one contest in heaven. When we look back and we see what we were before, and when we see the pit from which he rescued us, when we recall and how confused we were, when we remember how God reached out and took us into his family, and when we see Jesus who loved us and gave himself for us, the only contest we will see which of us can sing the loudest amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. God is good, guys. So put your trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. Then love God, follow him, thank him, worship him, and begin to serve the Lord with all your heart. You know, it, it's, it's something that we must do if we call ourselves Christians. We must put away the cussing, the pornography, the, the criticism, the, the, the critical thinking, you know, um, and all that stuff. We gotta, we gotta put that away. And what we need to look at is the gospel of Jesus Christ, what he did for us and how that transformation, which we call transformation and sanctification means to go. So it changes our lives so we can be more like him. You know, I went through something yesterday and, um, my, you know, more, more sin was exposed and, and it wasn't a bad thing. It was a good thing. Right. And, 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 but it, it, it hurt me. It cut me. But it didn't cut me in a bad way. It cut me in a good way because now I see. Now I can dig deep down inside Randy and, and pull out the garbage that God is God's exposing. You know what I mean? So, so when, when we do that, when we, when we reach deep down inside and we ask God, you know, hey, man, you know, I believe 
in your gospel. I want to change. I want to get right with you. I want to be obedient to your word. I want to do the things that you've called me out to do. I need you and less of me. You know, Paul talks about emptying out ourselves and our own selfish desires and pouring in him so we can serve others and be obedient and get into discipleship and get into sharing the word of God. And that's important, guys. You know, that's important. Thing that happened to me yesterday wasn't a bad thing. It was actually a good thing because now I can work on some character defects and shortcomings that need to be worked on. See, we can have a, a, we, we can have a very prideful sense when our, when our brothers come and, and sit us down, or our sisters, and say, hey, I see this in you. And first of all, a lot of people would go, well, before you take the speck out of my eye, why don't you take the boulder out of yours? It's not how that works. You know what I mean? It's, it's seeing some things and being concerned and being loving and having enough integrity. Integrity to come before a group of men and say, hey, man, this is what I see. That's true love. That is true love. Not, and, and, and winning your brother over and doing the things, that is true love, guys. That is true love uh, that brothers, three brothers come to me and, and say, this is what I see. This is what this is. This is what this is. And we love you enough to bring this to you. But some people would have got offended. But why? Because people are afraid of change. You know, people want to believe in God and, and, and people want to say that they're Christians, but they still want to live a worldly life. Guys, we are to be above reproach, not even to have a form of evil or even the, 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 not the form of evil, but, um, what did Pastor Dave say? Um, just the, the thought or just the look of evil, you know, around us, you know what I mean? And, 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 and that's true, but it wasn't something that cut my heart deeply to where I got mad and angry. It cut my heart deeply because it was the truth, right? I mean, they spoke truth to me in love and compassion. You know what I mean? And uh, despite how I was feeling, I received it because it was from men that I, that I hold in high regard, men that I love, men that, that have been there for me. And that's the May. That's why God is good. And that's why we should always be chasing after God. And we should always, always put Jesus first and keep Jesus first and focus on the things of compassion and love. See, I'm trying to get out my critical thinking because I, I'm critical on everything that comes in my way. And I'm just like, man, I, I got to get rid of that. I got to get rid of that, man. I, I just... I want to I want to love my brothers and sisters. But there there is a there's a point that we need in our lives to come to an understanding of of what are we really going to do? Are we going to love or are we going to be critical and create a division? 
wasn't going to allow the divide to happen. And neither was God. Anyway, wow. Dude, I love these, man. I just get... Uh, anyway, so guys, just another reminder, man. I'm going to be doing this three times a week. It's probably going to be Mondays, Wednesdays, and Saturdays. I may do a, a Friday morning, uh, but uh, this week, uh, what I'm going to be doing is I'm going to come on tomorrow and Wednesday uh, because... Um, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, I'm going to be uh, gone on a retreat uh, with Jonathan Eldridge's boot camp from Freedom Outreach. And um, so I won't be here. So I'm just going to kind of bungle it up for the next three days so I can get my three in. You know what I mean? So, but then next week, <clears throat> we're going to do Mondays, Wednesdays, and Saturdays. And then I think um, Chad and I are going to go back and do that back and forth thing. I think we're going to do that maybe a couple, maybe, maybe a couple times a month. We're not going to do that every week, but I think we're going to do that a couple times a month and get two views, a reformed Calvinistical view and his view. You know what I mean? So, um, anyway, uh, a couple more announcements before we go. Guys, if you'd like to support Made Free Church in any way, shape, or form, um, you can go to madefreechurch.org. There is a giving tab. You can give any amount. It doesn't matter. All your giving is tax deductible since we are a 501c3. Um, you can go to madefreechurch.org. There's a giving tab. There's three ways to give. You can give through our cash app. You can give through our PayPal link, or you can send a check or money order to the address that's provided. Please do me a favor. Leave your email addresses uh, on all three of those. That way we can email you a tax deductible receipt at the end, uh, well, when we get them, so you can write them off on your taxes at the end of the year. And um, if you'd like to to check out my blog site, yeah, you can go to servantforchrist.com. That's servantforchrist.com. It shows you what I believe, how I believe. It's got all my sermons and stuff on there as well. And guys, go to... Check out the 120 Army. Our friends Aaron and Jose over at 120 Army. They're amazing men of God. We love them. They've launched a new website, uh, a new uh, uh, app. Download it on your Android and your iPhone and your App Store. Get involved in what they got going on. These, and they go live. Um, they go live um, every Sunday at 6.30. And I'm always on as much as I can be. But also... Guys, we are looking for men and women because uh, we started a new discipleship ministry. And it's not like all the other discipleship ministries out there where we're going to do conferences and stuff like that. No, uh, Tactical Discipleship is a uh, discipleship ministry where we're going to train you up, um, give you that one-on-one -on -one training, and give you all the resources so you can do your own you, men discipling men and women discipling women. You know, and, and have accountability meetings and, and, and pour into people's lives because that's what we're supposed to do. It's tacticaldiscipleship.org. Look it up and check it out. Also, we have, uh, I have my own podcasting. It's called On Reformed Pastor. You can see that on all the major platforms. But Made Free Church is only on Spotify. So if you want to check out Made Free Church and that's all you have is Spotify, go check us out on Spotify, okay? And guys, I want to thank you for being here. So amazing that we get to do this in the mornings. Heavenly Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for this time. We love you. We worship you and we praise you. Bless everyone's day. Bless, it. Bless this time, Lord. We love you, God. 
thank you. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. Guys, you have a great day and God bless you.